be seated. <clears throat> Glad you are here on this day after Christmas. And uh, welcome to our online family, to our destiny table, New York. Um, really wonderful just to have connections that the Lord's brought about in unusual ways around um, the, the, the nation and other nations. And uh, also we have not just uh, where normally we would have Washington, D.C. Thank you, Josh. Online, um, Washington, D.C. is in the house today. Ron and Ricky, great to have you guys here from Washington, D.C. with us for the weekend. Awesome. So yesterday, Tracy and I prayed this prayer. Lord, let us not just center around you, but let us encounter you and experience you as a family. And then a total disruption to the day happened. And um, we still have not celebrated Christmas because of what had uh, emerged and taken place. And through the course of the day, I was processing disappointment. You know, you have these surprises planned. Like, I've got surprises. Tracy is uh, actually on her way here right now. Um, so, unless she's listening online, I don't think she would be in the drive. Um, she is a multitasker, though. Uh, but I have these surprises for her. I have one in plain sight. I have some things that I've been working on. I've been really just full of excitement and enthusiasm. And so throughout the day yesterday, I was just processing disappointment that that didn't get to happen. But isn't that funny? Because like this morning, now I'm containing enthusiasm. And I'm sorry for you. Like you probably are feeling sorry for me because, you know, things disrupted the day yesterday. But actually, I'm feeling sorry for you because like we're anticipating having Christmas together now. I'm sorry you've already had that. You know, you don't get to have that today. Um, but all is well. Everything's fine. Just a little disruption there with uh, Faith not feeling well and having been working at the hospital all these late night, all night shifts. She got home at 3 o'clock in the morning on Christmas, probably online with us right now. Um, and then by 7.30 or so, 8 o'clock, suddenly it hit her. So healing and wellness to her. She's doing much better this morning, thank God. Um, so, uh, but it is interesting, isn't it, how in one moment we can be living in this world processing disappointment and in the next moment living in this world containing our enthusiasm. And the one thing that remains is the unchangeable nature of God. <laughs> I mean, that's why we're here, and that's what we want to do is just press in and believe the Lord to awaken things within us uh, that he truly desires to awaken. So I'm going to ask you to read with me this morning as we get started. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 3. As I started making the announcement, um, you know, bring your Bibles. If you're online, join us with your Bible. Um, it was interesting because, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been honest about it. I've had a hard time reading the Bible without my readers on, and so I've kind of reverted back to my digital font size. And, um, but what I, what I did was I would say, okay, we're going to read our Bibles together. Then I would just start reading because I was like digitally reading, and you didn't have time to like flip in your pages, you know, to find the, the, the Bible. So I had some encouragement to allow you some room. So find the book of Ephesians in the New Testament, and we're going to be going there uh, shortly. We're actually going to read a large portion of scripture today, and it was a lot of our focus on the Christmas Eve service. We just had a great time uh, Friday night together. The room was packed. People came, and I mean, it was just amazing, the, just the sense of what God was doing. But, you know, we just took time rather than trying to, um, rather than my trying to come up with a clever Christmas Eve message, 
You know, Tracy and I just read the Old Testament prophecies of the first coming of Christ and the New Testament Christmas story. And the interaction of that was really uh, fascinating. You know, there are over 300 prophecies of the first coming of Christ, and Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. It is astonishing. Like, mathematically, uh, the improbability of that taking place is just overwhelming. So, such uh, even mathematical evidence as we are overwhelmed by the majestic nature of God. It's just really, really wonderful. But what I want us to do is just recognize the value of the public reading of Scripture. It's just been lost in the modern-day theology uh, that we have encountered and been told. And so that's why we've been bringing such an emphasis back to this. And what we're going to look at first is uh, just two verses out of Ephesians chapter 3. Verses 19 and 20. And it's a really interesting text. And I want you to think about this from the standpoint of your spirit and your imagination. There's a difference. You have an imagination. You have an intellectual capacity. But you also have a spirit. You have a spiritual um, capacity. And so we need to understand the difference in those two and look at how this breaks this down. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, know, uh, this is Paul's prayer for the church to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that, you, that surpasses knowledge beyond your wildest imagination. Let's all say that together. Beyond your wildest imagination. Let's say that one more time. It's an important phrase for us. Beyond your wildest imagination. I pray that you'll know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, that you would be filled. I mean, do you hear what this is saying? You and I are designed by God to be filled with all the fullness of God. How many of you would say, that's beyond my wildest imagination? Right? This is spiritual capacity that we're talking about. And then it, it goes into that whole thing beyond your wildest imagination. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Beyond your wildest imagination, according to his power that is at work within us. So this is amazing. God's work is, is God, God's power is at work within us. Can I get an amen? He wants to awaken the fullness of God within us beyond our wildest imagination. And the stability that comes as we know his word and we walk in his presence is just so amazing. I, I just believe it is really important that we understand as we're looking at this beyond your wildest imagination. There are things in your life that must be born from your spirit, not merely your intellect. There are things in your life that must be born from your spirit. In other words, your imagination can neither produce nor contain the fullness of God that he's designed you to experience. So your spirit man is a really important part of, of particular as we're looking into coming into this next year. We believe Everyone is created for abundant life. 
And the problem with abundant life is the term's been hijacked in our modern-day theology, and so we almost step back from that. But I want you to know it is God's plan for you to experience and express abundant life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And we've talked a little bit about the difference between life and death, and you have to recognize the aim of death is not to uh, destroy you, but rather to distract you from the fullness of what God desires for you to possess. Because if you will walk in less than God's best plan for your life, then you can perhaps help perpetuate other people to walk in less than God's plan. In other words, they'll use you as an excuse if you're not living out the fullness of what God's called you to live out. And so I want to be a person that is used by God to awaken others to pursue their God-given potential. How about you? This is so important that we recognize this. And let me just say it again. There are things that must be born from your spirit, not merely your imagination, beyond your wildest imagination. And this is why it's so important that you learn to fight the tendency to live a life that is spiritually underdeveloped. And so part of what we do every year in the first 40 days of the year is, um, you know, it's kind of like a tithe of the year. It's the, the first fruit of the year, the 10%, 36 and a half days close enough. 40 days is that tithe of the year. We just invite everybody, how about this year? Coming into 2022, we discover our New Year's revelation, not merely resolution. What's God desiring to do in the course of the year? How about we just begin to really press in together and set a pattern for the course of the year where we will develop ourselves spiritually unlike we have ever known spiritual development before? Are you hungry for that? What you have to understand is you don't hunger for that naturally. You actually hunger for that supernaturally. That's God's desires at work within you. And when you delight yourself in the Lord, he puts desires within you. God awakens things within us to transform the world around us, and it's a real treasure. When you cooperate with that, then there's a greater desire that's released that takes you to the deeper things of God, and it becomes this vicious cycle of the eternal nature of God being awakened within you that begins to produce something profound and significant. We have to be willing to allow him to awaken us as we grow to greater maturity we become eager for him to awaken us. So are you willing to allow him to awaken you this morning and will you pursue another level of that to really become eager? Um, you know, this, just this morning, just in my time of prayer, I haven't started my message yet. I have the notes. I kind of forewarned the, the presentation team back there that I'm just going to take a little time. Because just as I was in prayer this morning, I just felt the Lord was just challenging me in this regard that we would really position our hearts in readiness. I'm going to read a large portion of Scripture. It's just so unusual to have to apologize for reading a large portion of Scripture. But that's where we are in the day in which we live. And I, I don't actually make apologies for it, but I do kind of prepare you for it. Uh, but the power of God's Word has a deeper power than my intellect or clever. We don't need man's clever. We need God's power. We've lost sight of God's power because we've focused around man's clever. And so what we want to do is try and come back to what God is really desiring. How many of you know it's going to cost you something to pursue God like what I'm talking about? How many of you know it's going to cost you something more if you don't? 
And we just need to get really honest about where we are and where we're not as we allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. Part of what we've done this last year is focused a lot on just getting everybody centered around Scripture as much as we can, turn the page, challenge, the, uh, bring your Bibles. And uh, we also have been putting out these Scripture cards, and we have a new one that's out, and you can pick it up in the lobby. But pick up these cards. This is just a great declaration out of Jeremiah. Uh, the Lord has great plans uh, for our lives, and this is what this is all about. So you can grab those and put them different places through the course of your day so that you can, uh, you know, just focus in on what the Lord's desiring to reveal. I mean, you know, just some amazing things happen when you pray. And, and like, sometimes some unexpected things happen. I have to tell you, uh, this last week, I, one morning I got up really early, and I just walked outside, and so we've got this little patio space, and there's the door. I walked all the way across the patio. I'm standing on the other side. I'm just saying it's dark, and I see a little shuffle off to the left. And I'm thinking, what? Uh, you know, what's moving around here? It was so dark I couldn't really see. And as I began looking, if you follow us on social media, you know we've got some varmints in the back. Well, it was a morning skunk visit. And it came right around here on the patio. And I'm looking at the door thinking, like, he's between me and the door. And then he goes up to an area where Tracy has, you know, bird feeders and so on. And I think, oh, and then he comes back. And he not only comes back, he comes right up to me. And at this point, I'm realizing he does not know that I'm here. And I would rather not startle him to let him know that I'm here. And so I said, uh, in the nicest, most godly voice I could pr present, I said, good morning, Mr. Skunk. <laughs> Just so he would know. And literally, he spun around and the tail went up and I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm prepared. And, and, then, and then he just kind of scurried off, and I was just, thank God. I went inside and prayed for the rest of the morning. There was no need to be out there anymore. I mean, some really exciting things can happen when you pray. So thank God I was spared, and um, <clears throat> the Lord was with me. I did not get anointed that particular morning. A fragrant anointing. Well, we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 1 in just a moment. I want you to understand what we're talking about today is kingdom potential. Kingdom potential. And next week, the first Sunday of the year, before we launch into our 40-day focus, we're going to talk about kingdom priorities. And there's something really important that we need to understand about both our potential and our priorities because the priorities that we position in our lives actually makes room to release the potential that exists within us. So you have human abilities and you have spiritual capacity. I want you to think about your human abilities and then your deeper spiritual capacity. Um, we can be entertained by worship. I'm thankful for our worship team. Uh, we are blessed. They are gifted, talented, and a true treasure. There's a heart here for worship. Come on, let's give it up for our worship team and say thank you for our team who does so much. Just great. But the thing that I love about our worship team, you know, we do on Sunday morning, we have a nine o'clock prayer time for all of those that are serving all over the campus. Uh, and, and usually worship practice is going, and I'm in here, you know, just praying into the morning as they're in practice, and it's just practice in our worship team is not this technical 
progression practice. I mean, there are details they're working on, but there's an atmosphere. Our team is given to a spiritual atmosphere, even in the way they prepare to bring a spiritual atmosphere, which actually makes sense, doesn't it? Because if we're not careful, we can be entertained by worship rather than engaged in God's presence. We can just be sitting there kind of evaluating the songs, not really paying attention to the Savior, not listening to the voice of the Spirit. The same way with a speaker. When we're hearing somebody talking about God's Word, if we're not careful, we're kind of judging the speaker on their content and delivery. We kind of take an almost skeptical approach because we've heard so much, oh, we're going to that verse, I've heard that verse. You have to be very careful because the eternal God is in the room wanting to have an interaction and a conversation with you right now. Whether or not you find me boring, I mean, you know, he's not boring. Like he is really alive and he's, he's able to use anybody who's willing to step up and say, Lord, I just want to see the kingdom of God expand. So we want to pay attention to what he's desiring to reveal. And I would invite you, pray for our teaching team, particularly in this season, because we're really working to get past the feeling that we have to be clever because in the world that we live in, there's a demand to be clever. But we're just stepping back saying, Lord, we want your power in the midst of this, and we discover that in God's Word. So let's evaluate a little bit of our spiritual capacity. You do understand you have spiritual capacity, right? Like there's, how many of you think that you live beneath your full capacity? Can I just see? Raise your hand if you think you live beneath your full capacity. Yeah, I mean, there's eternal capacity that exists. So what we want to do is engage in that as much as possible. I want to kind of awaken this concept, though, in you. There's this verse in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, that says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you." you. You do understand that you were known before you were formed. You understand that? I mean, here, here we're talking some eternal concepts that are beyond just natural. But you were formed before you were, uh, you were known before you were formed. That means you existed before you existed. You existed before you existed. And in fact, when you read in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, it actually says that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. What does that mean? What that means is you and I existed before we existed, and Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world, so we were fixed before we were broken, which means we are left now with no excuse no matter what. No matter what has happened in your life, you are without excuse because you existed before you existed and you were fixed before you were broken. And there's something deeper that God wants to awaken within us to understand more than just the natural mindset of what day I was born, maybe what day I gave my life to Christ, recognizing all the mistakes that have been made in my life and not allowing those mistakes to take my faculties captive because I existed before I ever existed and I was fixed before I was ever broken. God redeemed me and he redeemed you and he wants to awaken something of an eternal proportion within your heart today. Very important that we understand how, how beyond our wildest imagination all this is. So what I want us to do is read Ephesians chapter 1 with the understanding that like there are things we can't understand. How many of you understand what I'm saying but you don't understand it? Like, I understand what I'm saying, but I don't understand it. I mean, I don't know how this works. It's because God is eternal. And so we're trying to get the eternal perspective of God to shape 
the way we think and the way we respond to the circumstances around us. Jesus walked through the earth and he kept on looking up. He kept, the Bible always is talking about it. He lifted his eyes. He lifted his eyes. It was like circumstances would happen. Lazarus was dead. And rather than looking at the circumstances in the natural realm, he lifted his eyes and would behold the eternal perspective of the Father that said, even though death exists in the world, life can come forth in Jesus' mighty name. Beyond the natural, you and I are called to function beyond the natural. I'm talking about the fullness of God being awakened within your life beyond your wildest imagination. How many know you've got some spiritual capacity that God is calling to today? I don't know if you realize I slapped my Bible and water came shooting up out of that. I'm having a baptismal service all by myself right here. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. And will you just engage? I'm, I'm, I'm I'm preparing you for this um, for some reason. I just feel compelled to do so more. I right now am um, reading in my just extra times of prayer, not my devotions in the morning, but in extra just various times I just want to press in and go deeper. I'm reading large portions of Scripture out loud. This week, multiple times, I've just prayed the book of Ephesians. And I keep coming back to it. And as I'm praying through it, I mean, just like things start to be awakened within me. And then I find myself growing somewhat distracted with all the reading. And then suddenly things will be awakened again. And what I'm realizing is that there, there, I'm so spiritually undeveloped that I cannot read long portions of Scripture uh, with a, a true spiritual intent or awareness of what God is revealing for a long period of time. We live in a Twitter feed world. Like, Keep your attention. Keep, I've got to tell you a joke and keep your attention. I've got to give you an insight and keep your attention. And I just say in Jesus' mighty name, God is maturing us beyond that. He's awakening some spiritual capacity. Are you hungry for this? Come on. Let's read this uh, together. Engage your heart as we read through this together. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. How many of you know that is beyond our wildest imagination? He has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be, make sure you're understanding where we've been going. He chose us when? Before the creation of the world. So not only were you, uh, did you exist before you existed and you were fixed before you were broken, you were chosen before you were born, before the world even was created. I mean, this is just beyond our wildest imagination. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. 
in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In Kim, we were also chosen. There's that word, that verbiage again. Having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I love the prayer. This is one of the apostolic prayers we can look at in Scripture. Verse 17, I keep asking. This is my prayer for you, by the way, church family. This is the one prayer I pray more than any other prayer over our church family. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. It's incredible the power of what we have uh, right here at our fingertips. How many of you know the Bible is such a neglected treasure in our lives? And I believe the Lord's going to deepen our love for his, the treasure of his word in the course of this next season. So let me just point out to you, I keep asking that the Lord will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. A spirit of wisdom, that which is the way we think, and revelation, that which is born from our spirit. And I, I, I just want to make sure we understand where we're going. There are some things your imagination cannot contain or produce. Some things are to be born out of your spirit. When, when the Lord stirred this in my heart last week, I actually went to our youngest daughter, Lexi, who's <clears throat> sitting right up here, and I She's the big imagination girl in our family. I mean, her imagination is bigger than the planet. It's amazing how she uh, is so creative and so imaginative. And I went into her and I said, you know, uh, Lexi, I'm just praying about this. And I felt like the Lord is showing me this reality that like, you have this amazing imagination. Because I got the concept, but then when I applied it to her, I had to really think about it. Because I know how big her imagination is, so I wanted to try it out on her imagination. And I said, God is saying to me that even your imagination cannot produce or contain the great, big, awesome things of God. Like Some things are going to have to be born from your spirit because your imagination, even as big as your imagination, is, simply cannot contain it. You have spiritual capacity that needs to be awakened within your life. And we want to make sure. This is why it's so very important that we are not living an underdeveloped life spiritually. Sometimes things exist within you that you don't even know are there until you get around the right people in the right atmosphere and it begins to put a demand on something that exists within you and draw that thing out of you. 
education actually comes from ex ducos. We think of education as something we're putting into people. Teachers are educating children by giving them information. Actually, education comes from ex ducos, which means to draw out because you existed before you existed and you were fixed before you were broken. And from the foundation of the world, you were called. There are deposits that existed within you before you were formed in the womb in your spirit. You're going to live forever. There are things in your spirit that exist that I am calling to and drawing out of you right now in Jesus' mighty name. The atmosphere of your life is vitally important. Getting the atmosphere of your, your life right, I cannot overstate the value because this is how these spiritual things begin to grow in your life. Getting into the Word and, and exploring what I'm talking about, the tenacity of reading larger portions of Scripture. My goodness, if we had some of the old uh, you know, generations ago believers land in our modern day faith, do you understand there are just things that we've lost our way and I believe God wants us to recover some of the richest deposits of God's kingdom in our own lives. And as you're hearing me say, you know, just even reading, how does it hit you when I say read the entire book of Ephesians as a prayer, an expression? I mean, just how does that land with you? I mean, for me, that's just not something in times past that I've devoted myself to really do, but there's a tenacity that God's awakening within us that actually is releasing a spiritual capacity that he deposited in our lives before we were ever formed in a womb, and out of that is drawn something rich that releases God's kingdom and God's power. That's why I'm talking about the potential that exists within you today. Bring it out of us, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. The atmosphere of your life is vitally important. You know, when our girls were growing up, it was important to me that when they went to bed at night, they went to bed in the presence of the Lord. And so many nights I would bring my guitar in there. We would just worship. And when they would wake in the morning, then many times we would just let that be a time of just thanking God for the day. Uh, we would drive in the, in the car to, to school, and we had our daily declaration. And, and I modified it for them because they're two girls. And so I didn't want them to have to translate, uh, you know, if I said, I'm a mighty man of God. So I just said, I'm a mighty woman of God. And they said, I'm a mighty woman of God. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm above the blessing of God. It rests in my class room today. I mean, we just had this daily declaration on the driving because I wanted the atmosphere of their life to be established in the presence of the Lord. And then, of course, you know, I'd said that so many hundreds of times that one morning on a Saturday, Tracy had gotten up out of bed and, and I was laying there and I just started that daily declaration for myself. Oh, Lord, I'm just going to declare it today. I said, Lord, I'm a head and not the tail. I'm a mighty woman of God. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> A little confused on that Saturday. There's an atmosphere, though, that produces something in our lives. So getting the atmosphere right is really important. In the wrong atmosphere, our weaknesses will grow. In the right atmosphere, our strengths will grow. In the wrong atmosphere, problems will grow. But in the right atmosphere, promises will grow. So what is the spiritual atmosphere of your life? What does that look like? The Bible says in Psalms 92, 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of God. Those that are 
planted. They're planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish. The key to flourishing is roots. You get that. There are some people that uh, live life in such a way that all they're really looking for is great teaching. Many Christians in our society, you, you can get great teaching online. You can get great teaching here. You can get great teaching there. And, and what, you can, what you can do is get yourself in a posture where you're so focused on being blessed that you neglect flourishing. You track me? In other words, all I'm looking for is the next dazzling insight, inspiring message, and, and I'm just searching for that, whether it's online, on podcasts, coming to church, who's speaking this week, where, you know, the guest speakers come to town over at this place where I'm just constantly getting blessed, but I'm never putting down roots. Therefore, I never understand what it is to flourish and really become fruitful in my own life. And I want to challenge you, particularly as we step into this 40 days, that we really establish rootedness, like deep-rooted relationships. I am called to this house. I've been here now for a long time, 31 years. Yeah, I know. Like, I had a lot of hair when I first came here. I pulled most of it out. I mean, I'm called, but I'm no more called than someone else who's called. You know, Harvey and Linda have been here for more than 31 years. They were here long before I ever arrived. Some of you have been here for a brief amount of time. Some of you have met this morning. It's your first time to ever walk in this building. The only question that I have to ask you about rootedness is, are you called to this house? And if you are, dig deep roots. Those who are planted, they will flourish. So we want to walk you through this process as we step into the first 40 days of the year. We're going to uh, start once again what we call Discover Destiny Community Group. It is six weeks on a Wednesday night in the upstairs of, the, of this building, uh, 7 p.m. And that's what, January the 12th is when that will begin. And it's just where we meet with you, we talk with you about what's in your heart, we talk with you about who we are as a church, and then we help you find your way into being connected and established and rooted. If you're, un- if you're attending and uninvolved, then this is actually for you. If you've been attending here, uh, you know, years, and you're uninvolved, disconnected, then this is for you. If you're interested in just knowing more about who we are as a church and your brand, this is for you. We want to help you understand who God's called us to be, and you're a part of us. (laughs) You understand? We're not coming up with the product of church trying to attract consumers who will buy into the product of church that we're presenting and providing, because we don't want to raise up consumers. We want to raise up disciples. And you carry a revelation of who God's called us to become if you're called to this house. So it's very important that we walk this out together and you can, uh, you know, fill out a connect card and we'll give you that information in conclusion of how to get to that info. But we want to walk that out with you any way we possibly can. So often God uses people to unlock potential in our lives. Do you agree with that? Like when you meet somebody and they're like another level in some area of life, you got to fasten yourself to what it is they're carrying if you feel a sense of call to, to what they're carrying that you need to possess in your own life. 
So many times God uses people to unlock potential, and that's part of what we understand as a church family. You're not called to a place. You're called to a people. There are things that exist within you that will only be awakened in an atmosphere of community and faith. And I, I hope you understand some of those things are taking place right now. Not because of, you know, all the things I have to say, but because you will all be taught by God according to Scripture. Because your sons and daughters will be taught by God. Even under the sound of the voice of humanity, we can experience the words of deity from God Almighty. He's awakening things within us. Paul wrote to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. To will and to do. He'll give you the desire, the will, and the power to do what pleases him if you will focus on his purpose. Everybody say, focus. Everybody together say, I want you to focus now. Everybody together, let's say focus. One, two, three, focus. This is an important term because if we're going to achieve potential, we have to focus on priorities. And this is where we're going to go and looking at next week. And we need to recognize and understand this. The things you are distracted by in life will never be as important as the things you are distracted from. When you're devoting yourself to the greater priorities and something comes along as a distraction, the things you're, de- you're distracted by will never be important as the things you're distracted from. So what we want to do is focus in on developing our lives spiritually. I'm watching as our daughters are making their way through school and um, you know, they're focused right now on developing their lives academically and educationally. How many of you believe that's a good thing? That is a good thing. They're focused on developing their lives intellectually. Some people get, uh, get into a season where they're focusing on developing their lives relationally. All of a sudden, they're plugging into all these online apps trying to find somebody. They want to find the right person. And they're really focusing on developing their lives relationally. Some people spend some really concentrated time trying to develop their lives financially. You understand, we do all these things developing our life, but do we really focus on developing our lives spiritually? It's the atmosphere that unlocks the seed, so we have to focus on the spiritual atmosphere so that which exists within us begins to be activated and awakened, and you are actually designed by God, I want to say it again, to produce things that cannot be contained by your imagination because they must be born from your spirit. So what is the spiritual atmosphere of your life? I'm calling to the spiritual capacity that exists within you. I'm just going to ask the worship team to come. As you're meditating on this question, what is the spiritual atmosphere of your life like? I'm glad you're here. Glad you're gathering online or in the building. I'm glad you're, you're, you know, we're together around God's word routinely, consistently, specifically, tenaciously uh, gathering around the reality of God's word and what he desires to reveal and say. That's a big part. But what is the spiritual atmosphere of your life personally in the word? 
What is the, are, are you developed spiritually where you can actually read Scripture and, and engage with the Lord? Not just read the book, truly sit with the author. What's the spiritual atmosphere of your life like in prayer? What's the spiritual atmosphere of your life like in fasting and prayer? You know, I said this, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and so many people uh, remarked about it. Fasting is about the willingness to cultivate a hunger for a deeper appetite than natural food can provide. In other words, like, you, it's going to happen. When you say, All right, I'm going to explore this fasting thing, and the Bible says that we're to fast and pray, seek the Lord, you know, just... Tell our flesh what's up. There's something deeper going on here. I'm going to pursue something. As soon as you say, all right, I'm going to fast and pray, somebody's going to offer you a cupcake. I mean, no. <clears throat> Big old frosted cupcake. Like, that happened. And I, I was sitting at a table, and they put my favorite kind of cupcake. I'm not even going to tell you what it is, because some of you would make the cupcake and bring it to me, and I do not need any more sweets. I know how you are. But that cupcake was right in front of me, and, and big, massive frosting, which I just love. And, and I remember looking at that cupcake thinking, I'm fasting and praying, and I've got this cupcake in front of me. And I actually leaned forward, and I thought about how good that cupcake would taste. I didn't back away and say, I get thee behind me satanic cupcake I leaned into it and I thought about how much I would enjoy sinking my teeth into all that frosting and I did it so that I would then go to the deeper reality of a deeper desire of something I hungered for that that cupcake could never answer or fulfill and that's the way we should approach the whole concept of fasting and praying I'm not doing without <laughs> I'm actually digging within to something that exists beyond what the appetites of this world could ever provide. So what's the spiritual atmosphere of your life financially? Do you worship the Lord with your tithes and offering? You know, we take a pretty soft approach to that whole thing. We don't pass any plates and we invite you to give as an expression of worship. Find the giving stations while we're you know, in a time of worship or give online, but involve your family in that process. Talk about this. It's such an important part of worship always has been throughout all of Scripture. What's the spiritual atmosphere of your life in loving others sacrificially, experiencing the love of Christ and expressing the love of Christ? How many of you feel like you might have a little homework you need to do? Can I just see <clears throat> after today? It's a healthy thing. It's a healthy thing. So your action point, you know, we don't want to just hear the word, we want to do the word. So every week we, we speak of this GP2RL. We bring God's presence to real life. That's just the way we function as a church family. We experience God's presence, we carry that into real life. So your God's presence to real life action point of the week. I want to ask you this week, purpose a sacrificial time of prayer. Just thanking God for the conclusion of the year. Believing for guidance in the coming year. I, mean, I, I know so many of you so personally. I just think about Josh and Julia Shiflett who are here having been now serving uh, the country. And thank you for both of you serving our, our country. But I just think about even a year ago, I recently had a picture of Julia. She and I were standing right up here. She's graduating high school and I'm handing her her Bible on her uh, graduating night. 
And then now I'm thinking about what she's doing in the military and what Josh is doing in the military. Now they're back in the, I mean, what was it like a year ago? How many of you know your life can change so much in a year? Not just physically, spiritually. Would you just stand with me? Let's just, in a sense, stand at attention before the Lord our God. Shay and Katie. In one year, all of a sudden, there's new life. A whole new life in their home. It can just change. Spiritually speaking, what will your life look like one year from now? Maybe if you look back on the past year, you might not be, you know, all that thrilled with where you've come spiritually. But I'll tell you this. Recently, I've been exposed to some really heartbreaking situations in the hospital. Like, I'm deeply emotional thinking about it. I want to ask you, Will you not waste another year that somebody today is in the hospital begging to have just another year? Will you take advantage of that tremendous gift and treasure you have? A full expectation that this next year is another year of wonderful life. May we just bring it before the Lord as a true treasure to Him. And as you learn to delight in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of His heart. In fact, what that means is there are things that God Himself will start to want through you. When you delight in Him, He starts to want things through you. He starts to draw those desires. All of a sudden, I mean, I don't know if you understand this, but like when you're not saved and then you get saved, all your desires start to change. Like God's desiring things through you. Suddenly I'm awakened to the Word. Suddenly I'm hungry for something more. Suddenly I'm considerate of others that I just didn't have in me before. Now something's shifted in me. I don't even have have it in myself to give myself fully to sin anymore. You understand? God starts drawing things into us, through us awakening things within us. Would you just respond to that right now? Lord, we just say we don't want to try and produce a bunch of um, religious efforts. Out of today, Lord, help us not to have some type of attitude that trying harder is what we need to do. And I thank you, Lord, that you're bringing our focus and our attention where it needs to be as we look to the cross of Jesus Christ. We fix our eyes on that which is unseen. So we allow you, Lord, to do a deep work within us that only you can do. Fully aware, pursuing you like this will cost us something. But not to pursue you will cost us so much more. We really just want to be who you've called us to be, who you've designed us to be. So we surrender to you. We just join together in a posture of surrender as our our, our focus is to uh, conclude and worship together. We want to do that in this attitude of surrender as we just bring our hearts before the Lord our God.
We want to give you thanks, Holy Spirit, for the work that you're doing. Come on, if you've never given your life to Christ, whether you're online or you're in this room, if you've not said, Lord Jesus, I need you to rescue me from my sin, he is the only way to God the Father to redeem you and restore you from the sin. This is a moment that you can make that decision. If you've made that decision and you just need to respond on a deeper level of lordship, this is a moment for you to make that decision. It's a very resembling decision. Salvation is where it begins. Lordship is the progression for the rest of your life. Come on, if you're here and and you say, I am stepping forward in in my relationship, in my pursuit of the Lord, whether that's your first step or whether that's another step. Come on, let's lift our hands and we just say, Lord Jesus, we surrender to you. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you came as the Savior of this world. Lord, we need you to rescue us, not only from our sin, but also from ourselves. So we surrender to the cross of Jesus Christ today. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if that's the prayer of your heart, would you just say amen? We want to press in and just worship the Lord. So I invite you. uh, Our prayer teams are going to be stationed under the lights in the very back behind this section. There's communion at the back of the center section. You can always uh, participate in communion alone or as a family. Uh, Every Sunday we make that available. And then sometimes we'll do that all together as a church. But I would invite you just in just a few moments that we have in worship, would you really just engage your heart, open your heart wide as God is activating our God-given eternal supernatural potential that exists within each and every one of us.